Ahoy there, and welcome back to Delmance Dawn. I'm Luke, he, him, and sometimes they, them, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Hi, I'm Janine, and I use she, they pronouns. And welcome back to the 15th episode of Doman's Dawn, where, because we are starting a new arc, we have a special guest joining us for the start of this adventure. Rodrigo, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Rodrigo Vargas. I'm a comic book artist and writer from Chile. Yeah. And I go by, I, I use he, him, they, them, if you want to say she, herself, I'm good. Gender is what it is. Yeah. And what it is to everyone is its own thing. Uh, so, Rodrigo, would we have guests on? I'd like to ask a sort of icebreaker question. And I know that uh, you are coming up uh, next weekend for CXC, which is Comics Crossroads Columbus in Columbus, Ohio, where I am. And you were like, hey, should I bring candy or alcohol so if you're going to meet the straw hat pirates which would you bring um i feel like there's this guy um i don't remember the name but but the blonde guy that does the cooking sanji yeah i think he will enjoy probably the 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 the, the booze mm -hmm. um but I also feel like Luffy will really enjoy the candy. Like, he would probably go crazy over it. Oh, yeah. And one seems to, at least seems to be more powerful and in control than the other. So I will bring just candy. Fair enough. Also, I'm, I, I don't drink, so that way I can enjoy some of it too. More power to you. Uh, so this week we are going to be covering episodes 92 through 97 of One Piece, but first I had some mints uh, from the last episode. Uh, one of them is I did misrepresent TV's Doogie Hauser. I did go back in the notes and look up, and he is credited as Neil Patrick Harris, TV's Doogie Hauser, not just TV's Doogie Hauser. So I needed to mea culpa for that. Which I feel like Neil Patrick Harris, TV's Doogie Hauser doesn't roll off the tongue as well as just TV's Doogie Hauser. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of long, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also as a, another mistake that I made, Carl and Lenny were crushed by a helicopter in that treehouse of horror, not an airplane. So once again, I made a mistake. You have no rejoinders, Janine? I really don't, because I'm perfect all the time. <laughs> you got that on me. So, uh, so Rodrigo, uh, this was the first uh, One Piece that you've seen, correct? Yes. And what is your background with The Simpsons? 
Oh, I've seen a lot of Simpsons. I'm a big fan. Big, big fan. All right. Well, I am I am excited to uh, get into things. Uh, so in Japan, these episodes initially ran from December 9th through January 20th of uh, 20... Uh, of 2001 to 2002 and uh the new episodes that came out at this time were she of little faith where lisa becomes a buddhist brawl in the family where the vegas wives return after the family is ordered to go through court ordered therapy and sweet and sour marge where marge tries to ban sugar in springfield and i there's a these were all just kind of Mostly forgettable episodes, I think. I I feel like my brain has kept me from remembering some of them to protect me. To be honest, this is kind of that point. That that's a, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's that's on point. Like like, I I I didn't remember like the like the 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 sweet and sour March episode with so much fat phobia, and I was like, oh, dude. Yeah, there's a, like, Abby and I have done a few rewatches, and there's a few of them where the fat phobia is just really hard, and so it's just like, you know, we'll we'll skip the episode. It's like, not everything is going to age gracefully. Yeah, it didn't. And the, the previous one is also like, they tricked the Vegas wife to marry Homer's... Grandpa. Yeah. Homer's dad... And they have sex. That's there's That's great. There's some can I curse? Yeah. No, there's some fucked up shit in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like even she of little faith. It's like Richard Keir is a Buddhist, but it, it it's just not necessarily appropriation. But I don't think it's handled as well as it yeah. could have been. Uh, but we do have access to some new characters from these episodes, uh, like Richard Gere, Paul Reiser, Strom Thurmond, <laughs> and Diabetti, amongst others. Yeah. But, I, I was very happy with, with Paul Reiser, because mm-hmm. um, when, when I was uh, a teenager, um, we used to get mad about you. On, on cable here mm-hmm. and I love that show like I, I watch I watch it so much and I was like I don't remember Paul Reiser in The Simpsons and then I watched the episode and it's just a photo of him on a book <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the time like that's enough for me to count it <laughs> like if you at least see a picture that we could give to the artist that works for me yeah uh, but we are here to discuss uh, the One Piece episodes, uh, 92 through 97. Titles of these episodes are The Hero of Alabasta and the Ballerina on Deck. Coming to the Desert Kingdom, the Rain Calling Powder, and the Rebel Army. Reunion of the Powerful. His name is Fire Fist Ace. Ace and Luffy. Warm memories and brotherly bonds. The Green City, Erumalu, and the Kung Fu Dugongs. 
Adventure in the country of sand. The demons that live in the scorching air. And here come the desert pirates, the men who live free. Oh no, I, I forgot that. Uh, I apparently had that on this list. Uh, I will just cut off that last part because I didn't include the characters from that one. On here, that is... Oh, cool. Oh, and here I was thinking that they were going to get some future characterization that, like, you wanted to hold off on naming them on. No, it's just a... It's a doment for next time. It is. It is. Yeah, because that would technically bring us to 98. So I apparently had a disconnection there between my multiple spreadsheets. That's a... Go! On me. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, we get a brief moment where we actually, like, see Crocodile's power when he ends up stopping a rampaging group of pirates by mummifying them in Alabasta before the Royal Guard appears, which, uh, Janine, you've had a longer build-up for Crocodile. What do you think about his powers? Uh, that's fucking terrifying, dog. Yeah. sucks the juice right out of ya. <laughs> Uh, Rodrigo, how are you feeling about Crocodile? Like, I see this this guy, he looks really mean, but then everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is this guy and why does everybody love him? He looks like a really bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, that's all I can say about him. He, he looks like a meanie, a big meanie. So the government has uh, seven warlords who are pirates that they essentially allow to do whatever they want, but in exchange, they will hunt down other pirates. And so so that's uh, what Crocodile is. So this is like in the real world where the governments are terrible? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. Well, and it was also something that happened in a lot of like, real world pirate times yeah where you had like your corsairs and like such the brits mm-hmm. uh so we check in with these straw hats who are trying to fish for food they end up uh going into a hot spot and they catch mr two with karu while Sadi is busy looking for food mr two comes on board and he gets to show off the power of his clone clone fruit which allows him to turn into anybody he has touched which includes now everybody on the crew except for Vivi and Sanji. And he shows off random faces from the past, one of which includes Vivi's father, Nefertari Cobra. And when his ship arrives, they all realize that he is Mr. Two, but he has no idea who any of them are. And because he's just like, oh, hey, you guys are awesome. We're friends now. I will see you all in the future. Because he has to go and look for Mr. Three to to go and murder him. And Zoro horrifyingly comes up with a plan to counteract Mr. Two's abilities because they all wrap a bandage on their arms. Uh, Janine, how do you feel about Mr. Two? Because he's another character who we've seen build up for a while. Um, I feel like the presentation of this character um, may not have been done with the best intentions um but i do feel like that where that character is now is at a level where it kind of comes back around again in camp that is 
part of it. So I, I wanted to make sure that I did like do research because Mr. Two uh, is uh, an Okama, which is a Japanese term that is essentially like a catch-all term for queerness is kind of what we'd go nowadays because uh if y'all are familiar with like british theater where it's like oh well we don't want to have women in our old-timey theater crew so we're just going to have young boys dress up like women <laughs> for the plays yeah uh so japan's government became even more restrictive uh at the time and we're like okay well we don't want women to do this because they're going to go off and be prostitutes which is something we're not good with we also really can't trust young men to do this because chances are they're also going to go off and become prostitutes. And so they essentially created an entire class of men whose jobs were, oh, we're going to basically professionally be women. And so eventually, like, it became both this, like, highly respected role, but then there was people who, like, engaged in this sort of gender play, for lack of a better term, as opposed to, I'd say, full-on uh, gender fluidity or, like, transgenderism uh, as, like, a... Like, it was a job for them, but then it sort of became something where people began to use this to express themselves. And so it's kind of like a early level of japanese drag but in a way where because it was so ingrained in the culture over like hundreds of years you would have performers who would go on and like oh yeah no this is the person who's just always in drag essentially on like this prime time japanese tv show and so it's definitely something that can be read very much as kind of highly queer phobic without like additional knowledge but also like one of the things that i appreciate is mr two bond clay does exist as like a fully realized character and uh like the gender fluidity that they have as a result of their powers is also something that they appreciate as a person huh that's a good way to, to see it because I didn't know that and I was like, huh, this guy, this this writer guy doesn't seem that that great to me right now. I, I do have I do have a question though. Mm -hmm. Is there a Mr. One? Uh there is. We have not seen Mr. One yet. Oh, okay. Has he been mentioned or something like that? Like everyone's like Mister Two, Mister Two, and I'm like, okay, but do do we beat already number one? Actually, now that I think about it, I think they've only mentioned him once, and when they did, they were just saying how like they've never seen him. Yep, uh, we are getting closer to seeing more of Baroque works because uh, we've seen, I believe, Mister Eight and Mister Nine, and uh like mr seven but it's like uh the higher number agents are going to be coming up soon and it's it's going to be a wild time so there are at least nine misters 
Uh, there are, I believe, uh, 13 of them, but Mr. 13 is a otter. Oh, that's cute. A murderous otter. Uh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. It, it still was. I mean, it had like little like knife shell things that looked kind <laughs> of badass, but it still looked adorable. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's, what, that's what I want in a murder animal. Like, you know, just make it cute and we, we'll make sure that we're dead the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so Mr. Two is kind of as explicitly clear as a queer character as you could have in a mainstream, like, kids, teens targeting anime in, like, the early 2000s. To the point where he was even more censored than he was in the manga, where the back of his coat said, Oh, come my way, in Japanese, which goes as a pun of Okama way, which is basically saying, yeah, I'm very queer. Oh. Amazing. Which which is much better than, like, the initial four kids dub in the United States, where it's just like, oh, they censored all of that out. You can't be reading Japanese on this anime show. So what we saw now was, like, people being like, we're going to keep this guy under control. And you're telling me like in the, in the comics, it's like way more, more queer. Uh, not as there, there's some more overt hints. Oh, okay. I would say. It's yeah. layered. It's, it because is. there might be like, you know, a Mr. Mr. Two. Well, Mr. Two Bon Clay is like his own partner for various reasons. Uh, Like one of them is he identifies both as male and female uh, or depending on the translation, just doesn't like uh, working with women. It's that's where like translations and personal politics and a bunch of other stuff get involved. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so as they are getting closer to Alabasta, a sea cat appears, and they also notice like a bunch of Baroque ships working for them that belong to the Billions. And they end up docking in Nanohana to stock up on supplies because they're going to need to cross the desert to reach to, uh, to reach Yuba, where Vivi is planning to meet the rebels to try and stop their attack on the capital. And Luffy arriving in town just immediately runs out while the rest of the crew is trying to stay low because everyone in Baroque Works knows him, except for Sanji and Chopper, who have to go out shopping for supplies because nobody in Baroque Works knows them yet. Sanji gets distracted immediately by women, and Chopper gets overwhelmed by the heat and the smells of the market, wanders off into a cool-looking vehicle, and gets captured by the rebels on accident before a camel whose name is Matsugi, or that translates as eyelash, comes and saves him. I'll just go with eyelash because that's the American dub name. But it it means the same thing. Uh, Luffy, meanwhile, stumbles onto a mysterious house in the desert where he finds a bunch of powder that he tries to eat. And because it tastes bad, he burns it, so it causes it to rain 
And we get the owner trying to explain what dance powder is to Luffy, who doesn't really pay attention to it at all, and then heads back to town to look for food. A weird thing is, they added this scene into the anime. Like, otherwise, you just get the explanation later. And it's just like, considering that Luffy, like, doesn't even pay attention and it all goes over his head, it's a weird choice to make. And it's not well, a lot of information either. Mm-hmm. Will they bring the guy back? Nope. <laughs> so he just shows up. He teaches us about, you know, the dust and the rain, and he just he's just gone. It's it's uh, filler. Oh, okay. Because they mentioned the dust later. In, in, yeah, it, and, like, that's where they normally explained it in, like, the comic. But for whatever reason, they just added in an extra scene going over it. Maybe to like give a second chance. Uh, so Luffy promises to keep it secret and then heads back to look for food. Ace, meanwhile, is looking for Luffy. He gets directed to a restaurant. Some of the crew overhears Ace looking for Luffy, and that's when Zoro recognizes him as a member of Whitebeard's crew. But he gets distracted by Kuina appearing. And this is also another scene where it's good that they kind of censored things in the anime because there's a lot of symbols that have different meanings around the world. And one of those is the swastika. Oh. Ah. Which has a different meaning in Buddhist tradition than it does. And I think uh, between the anime coming out and the uh or between the manga release and the anime release they're kind of like yeah no we 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 kind of get that you want to do like this holy religious uh reference but uh people are going to think it's a nazi symbol and you can't really do merchandise with that uh, in many parts of the world and so that's why it is instead just a cross with the uh mustached skull on ace's back instead Oh. Fun facts. That, that's uh, good to know. Mm-hmm. Because when I, when I pick that book, I'm going to be like, oh, okay, this, this wasn't like in the show. I'd rather just go to the show then. Yeah, it, they, they, at least in the American releases, they try and put in notes explaining some of the things before, uh, yeah. as opposed to like doing outright censorship of it. Yeah. I Which get I it. think... Yeah, I do. I do wonder what Lisa Simpson, the Buddhist, thinks about <laughs> the swastika as a Buddhist symbol. I feel like she would put up a giant argument about why it can be used in certain uh, settings, but also why it shouldn't necessarily be used in settings where it is not known as that. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a uh, episode of Kolchak uh, the Night Stalker, which was a old kind of Monster of the Week uh, show starring Darren McGavin. And there's an episode where, like, this neighborhood is getting terrorized by uh, someone graffitiing swastikas all over, and it turns out to be an uh, old Indian man who is specifically using it to ward off evil in the form of a Rakshasha. Rakshasha. 
uh, Indian demon. And it's like, oh, that's kind of like an interesting way to lead into this monster of the week thing, but also a weird choice in a lot of other ways. And I got to mention Kolchak the Night Stalker. Uh, so Ace, meanwhile, uh, fell asleep while eating, and that caused a commotion which drew Smoker uh, to look for him. Ace admits to Smoker that he is looking for Loopy, his brother, who then coincidentally crashes into both of them and immediately starts eating. Ace and Smoker return. Luffy doesn't immediately recognize Smoker, but runs away when he does. And the Marines chase after him. He leads the Marines back to his crew on accident, but luckily Ace steps in using his flame flame fruit powers and allows the Straw Hats to escape. While Ace and Smoker are fighting, Luffy gets distracted watching them in the distance, loses the rest of his crew who got back to the ship and are preparing to sail before they realize that he is gone. Luffy! Yeah, he gets lost a lot. It It is one of the traits. Like, if you're working with idiots, it's very easy to, like, <laughs> write reasons to separate people. In the middle uh, of the desert, just walking the fuck off. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we all know that, like, one kid who, if you don't keep a close eye on him, maybe they grow out of it at some point, but they will just wander out into the desert. Look, I was that kid, but I never got that lost. Fair. Uh, meanwhile, the previously captured Mr. Levin is killed by other members of the Billions looking for a promotion. R.I.P. Mr. Eleven, one of the only two characters who shares my birthday. Oh, yeah. Uh, a bunch, uh, like almost all of the named One Piece characters have a official birthday, Rodrigo. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. What's yours? Uh, mine is November 21st. I share it with Mr. Eleven and a woman who has a minor part in a chapter that we have already gone past. Oh. Okay. Well, you get your own birthday now. You're independent. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah, you don't have to share with anybody if they're dead or, you know, not important to receive more than like half a Wikipedia page. Exactly. You can you can look back and be By like, the way, do you do you happen to know who else might have been born on November? 28th. Oh, horoscope. Is that you? Is that who I think it is? Okay. Nope. Okay, that that would have been very on the nose. Uh your your birthday your only current birthday character, uh Janine, won't show up for a while. Uh, Rodrigo, when is your birthday? <laughs> oh, my birthday is in October 8th. Oh, that's October coming up soon. 8th. You know yeah, which character a, you, uh, yeah. Uh, you know whose character, uh, which character you've seen you share your birthday with? Okay, so I don't know because I don't know any of these guys, but uh, in the intro, there's this guy that, 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 
has like a, 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 I don't know, I don't know how to find a picture of the guy, but he has like a, 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 a like a really short trimmed beard. And I remember having like maybe like a red bandana and he looks very cool. And I think that's him. Uh, you share your birthday with Karu, the giant duck. Who's that? Oh my God. The duck who they go fishing with. Oh, Oh, like, like, you um, got the duck. That's so cool. It's like, uh, with, with, from the Final Fantasy games. Oh, uh, like a Tinkerbell. <laughs> yeah. 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 Except much better. Oh, I'm excited now. This is much better. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. What? That, that was November the 8th. Luke, uh, no! I'm I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. That's so mean. <laughs> Another doment. Yeah, that's a meant. What What about October eighth? Uh, October eighth. Uh, you share a birthday with uh, a marine commander who we haven't come across. Another person we haven't come across, and Pierre, who is a magical horse that we will come <laughs> across now now that's that that's something like that, that i that i do like magic horse that is pretty cool yeah it's a horse that has eaten a devil fruit okay um I'm good. Yeah. like tell me more about him well i i don't want to spoil things for janine too much i'll send you a photo after all right on do you know who else has a birthday on october 8th would that be Connie? Harvey Baker. From comics. Ah, uh, Harvey Picard? Yeah. Nice. I believe I share a birthday with... Larry Sanders. I share a birthday with Larry Sanders. You know, that's weirdly fitting. <laughs> we got a bunch of big Larry Sanders heads here in the uh, show tonight. <laughs> Shout out Larry Sanders. Uh, but yes, apple, peaches, pears, plums. Uh, Ace finds Luffy. They briefly catch up. Ace invites the Straw Hats to join Whitebeard, and Luffy turns him down. And they start heading back to the ship, easily disposing of Baroque Works agents along the way. Uh, once they get back to the ship, Ace goes and destroys all the Baroque Works fleet single-handedly on his uh, surfboard ship that he has. And as they keep sailing, Ace explains that he is chasing Blackbeard, who he has heard is headed to Yuba, which is where the crew is heading to as well. Is this Blackbeard the same from Our Flag Means Death? Uh, or the same idea of character, at least? Uh, he is inspired by the actual Edward Teach. Uh, his name is Edward Teach, but he goes by Blackbeard in One Piece as well. Cool. I like it. And uh, in, uh, this is going to be a fascinating moment uh, for both of you. In the manga, this is also where Ace just leaves. For forever? Uh, for quite a while, because he has his own stuff to do. Okay. Huh. 
Because so, now he, well, I'm going to spoil the, the, the rest of the episode, but now he gets lost, right? Uh, yeah, like they do separate him from the group because they're kind of like limited in what they can show that he can do. Right. In terms of special moves and that sort of thing. So that's kind of how that happened. It's it's a fascinating choice because I think uh, Ichiro Oda, who uh, created the series, might have not thought he would be as popular or was kind of keep thing was trying to keep things tighter. And so I think when they got to the anime, it's just like, you know who everyone really loves? It's Ace. We're going to just put more Ace in. And I think they generally do a pretty good job with it. His name is Ace. Of course it's going to be cool. He's just like Luffy, but like older and hot. Like Yeah, like he got ah. the abs. So... Elsewhere in the capital, Cobra is doing his best to help his people while he is also worrying about his daughter, Vivi. And Vivi sends Karu off to provide what she has dug up about Baroque works and Crocodile to her father. Uh, Nika Robin informs Crocodile about the destructions of the Billions ships and sends out a message to assemble the other agents. The ship lands and Luffy becomes the leader of the Kung Fu Dugong, who he then leaves to watch the ship by feeding them with some of their limited food supply. And they reach Aramalu, which is now a desert town that has been destroyed by three years of drought. Vivi explains that the drought is tied to a conspiracy to frame the king as someone who would use the illegal dance powder in the capital. Uh, dance powder, when burnt, essentially steals clouds from the rest of the country, making it rain wherever you burn it, but it ends up being a drought everywhere else. And that's why the rivers in the country are even drying up now. And that's where we normally just get the explanation of what dance powder is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like having Luffy say, oh, yeah, I heard about that. I ate some of it. Like, it's it's a good joke, but I'm not necessarily sure it needed the filler to set it up. I enjoyed it. I'm like, nobody really likes this guy that much. They, they, all, they all seem to be pretty tired of Luffy. It's very hot in the desert. I can't blame him. Yeah, I, 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 like I'm, I'm on the same page. Like, I'm good with hating on Luffy. Like, <laughs> boy, that guy is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry because probably you guys are all really good, like great fans of Luffy. But I just jump into the show and there's no way nobody tried to give Ritalin to this guy. I mean, you'd need to find Pirate Ritalin. Yeah. Ritalin, Ritalin, something like that. Like, there's probably a fruit about it, right? I mean, we did just get off uh, of the island that had like the best healthcare system in the world. So they could have theoretically found something there. <laughs> uh, so Vivi and the pirates head off to Yuma to find the rebel leader as the desert weather dangers get to the crew. Luffy ends up getting most of the crew supplies stolen by a group of desert birds. When he chases after them, he runs into a desert plant that tries to eat him, and he ends up saving Eyelash, the camel that previously saved Chopper. Eyelash joins the party, uh, specifically working as a mount for Nami and Vivi. And then Luffy and Eyelash are chased back to the group by a Sandora dragon, which 
all the crew defeats, but then another one appears and Ace defeats that one and the, then the crew just eats the giant dragons. And that's kind of our stopping point for now. Oh, yeah. Because I was a fool and I left an extra episode listed amongst the titles. Yeah, can, but, can you say that that one that was one of my favorite episodes of the set, like the one that's not on the on the podcast? Ah, uh, no, I think that's fair. So uh, if you're a listener, just you know, keep in mind, next episode is gonna be like better than this one. <laughs> so Rodrigo, are you going to be interested in like continuing to watch the series or like restart from the beginning? I will probably start from the beginning. Like I, I, I actually enjoy the enjoy the show. Like I don't hate Luffy. I, I don't. I'm I'm re- very interested in, in seeing like. Uh, well, I jumped into the show like this is episode what ninety two, mm-hmm. and I have no clue who any of these guys are. Like there's a there's a lot of things that 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 I do. Um, understand a bit because well you know each character has like this very well defined like uh structure and, and ideas behind like you know the 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 blonde guy that does the cooking he is really into chicks and he is very mean and he likes to dress nice or or the green hair guy is very serious and gets his, gets the shit done right yeah but I like to know who was what's up with the ministers, um, who uh, what's up with the government. Why are there so many pirates? Um, do we see Luffy eating the fruit? Who's, yes. Uh, who's the really, really, the really cool guy from the intro that has like red hair and the scars? Oh yeah, you you get a lot of that pretty quickly. So. I'm glad that uh, it hooked you onto the show because, I mean, that's that's my goal here, to get more people to check out the show. Oh, his name is Shanks. Who's yes. Shanks? Uh, his name is Red-Haired Shanks, and he is the guy who gave Luffy his hat. Oh, he's a good guy. Yeah. Oh, oh cool. he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Because... I was uh, like uh, fan casting my friends on the show, and I was mm-hmm. like, "That's me. I'm that guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm the really cool guy from the intro." <laughs> so I want to yeah. know more because I want to know who I am. <laughs> well, I mean, coming up in a few weeks, they've got a whole movie that's all about Shanks, which I'm excited for. Oh yeah, to reach theaters in America. But uh, we have 12 characters to match up. So are we all ready to do this thing? Uh, I am. Janine, are you ready? Sure. Are you ready, Steve? Andy? All right, gang. And then I don't want to hit the last note from the opening to Ballroom Blitz because my voice will crack and it will hurt. So up first, we have Sir Crocodile. Uh, Sir is technically Crocodile's surname. And 
Uh, one of the things that they have for all the seven warlords of the sea is a animal theme to them. Uh, we've only seen, I believe, one other member so far, which would be Hawkeye's Mihawk. Uh, so for Crocodile, I have Hank Scorpio, because Hank Scorpio also ran a conspiracy, also would probably be fine with taking over a country, and that Scorpio fits with that giant hook hand that Crocodile has. Janine, who do you have for Crocodile? I have Super Nintendo Chalmers. Interesting. Uh, what is your reasoning behind Super Nintendo Chalmers? I just had to have somebody who um, would have like some kind of gravitas and respect, like let's say to the nerds, to your Martin Princes, to your mm-hmm. Ralph Wiggums. But then might have like a secret bad side that's only really seen by the pirates who are reviled by society, like your Nelson Munces, like your Bart Simpsons. Um, not really doing any kind of like shady duality, just living out in open, just as Super Nintendo Chalmers, and um, just you know, but still having that still kind of like organization. Yet, um, some shenanigans are happening that keep on messing things up. Skinner. Uh, fair enough. Rodrigo, who did you have as your crocodile idea? Okay, so I gotta start by saying that I thought I had to pick one of the new characters unlocked from the show, like from the mm-hmm. episode that we saw. That's oh, not that is a good Oh man, that's not, but that is such like a good thing that you did right there because I never even <laughs> thought about like doing that as like a limiter and I might do that next episode now. It was really hard, but also like I, I think I think I think I think I picked right. Okay. Uh-huh. I am willing to let go some of my picks because Oh yeah, no, you you went like super high level. Like occasionally I'll try and pick characters. <laughs> Uh, from the new ones. I am sorry for that confusion. No, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I actually, it, it was like a, like a thought experiment. Um, mm-hmm. I was with my partner, Connie, and, and we were discussing it. And we had a lot of fun with it, too. Uh, so who do you have with that qualifier? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to do two, because now that I know that I can pick outside of the episode... Okay, mm-hmm. so my, my original choice was Choppy the Lumberjack. Because you see this big burly guy, he has like a, a hook on the hand and, and Choppy has like, a, I don't know if it was like a chainsaw or a, or, a, or like a hatchet or something, but... Oh, or, yeah. In in the first episode, because I, I I believe we didn't see much much of of, of crocodile on the rest of the episodes that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this guy; he looks really bad, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, he's amazing! He's the best! Woo, woo, crocodile!" So I figured, like, you know, Chubby the lumberjack. Of mm-hmm. course, he's he's like a mascot. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, mascots are cool. But then he goes and starts, like, 
make fucking shit up. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And outside of, of it, uh, like the one, you know, um, do, do you remember that uh, red-haired girl that was like a bully to Lisa? Uh, yes. I think her name was Francine. Yep. Might be wrong, but yeah. Yeah, that's it's, uh, that's, that's my 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 like main casting for from series. Uh, I am double checking because I think we've had Francine. Oh no, we do have uh, the ability to use Francine. You cannot pick mine though. Like that's cool. You're allowed. This is your show. I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, I'm just here to, to, to say stuff. No, I mean that's that's what the show is. You you make your pitches, and you pick your battles. I am a hardcore Hank Scorpio is mentally my crocodile casting, and I I think I've made my argument. He's got the animal theme, which we did keep for our uh, Hawkeye's Mihawk with Zoro uh, with. Uh, Zoro the Fox and uh, Hank Scorpio runs a secret organization runs a tight ship but also he's a chill guy he's a hero to his employees so can I convince you all to the side of Hank Scorpio Look, I don't know. I've never seen the show. I don't know what's com- what comes next. I don't know what came before. But is this guy okay. so important that you want to give Hank Scorpio to him? Because Hank Scorpio is one of the most beloved characters from The Simpsons. Uh, Crocodile is also going to be a major character in One Piece for a while. Oh, Okay. Then I'm convinced. Yeah, I think I'm convinced for that. All right. Uh, up next, we have Poo who is the leader of some pirates who doesn't really matter. Uh, who did you have for Poo the captain of the... Uh, Oh, his pirates didn't even have a name. Uh, Janine, who do you have for Poo I have Dr. Marvin Monroe. Um, basically oh, because man. they are the same uh, shape, relatively. <laughs> and um, I think they both share the same fate of being dead. <laughs> Harsh! Uh uh, Rodrigo, who do you have for Poo-Poo? Okay, so my 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 original casting um, on the list. Uh, there's most date on the TV show because we see Poo-Poo, he appears and and we never see him again. So I'm I'm pretty sure that he's he's just forgotten. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say Marvin Monroe is a perfect casting. <laughs> <laughs> So, I had two different options for this. Uh, I had Mutant Chief Wiggum. 
from the one where France drops a nuclear bomb on Springfield and Chief Wiggum becomes a mutant. I also had Chris Farley, who was just like, okay, I'll try and throw in Chris Farley somewhere. Uh, if neither of those are convincing you, I think it's a waste of Dr. Marvin Monroe, but your two eyes have it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do we see Poo Poo again? No, Poo Poo uh, Poo is like a one star character. He would be zero if it were a I would argue him. that Dr. Marvin Monroe is a zero star character. <laughs> In the he has, yeah, he has the same level of importance as Bleeding Comes Murphy. What? No, no way. He does not. He does not provide a character arc. In fact, the Simpsons just stay horrible. Yeah. After interacting with him, he does come back from the dead at one point, and Whack. then he's just back to life. But yeah. Doesn't do really. He doesn't really do anything after that. No, he mostly just comes on for a few random cameos here and there. So Didn't as far as he I just know, like, he had like a tombstone in one of the opening credits for like uh, Treehouse of Horrors, didn't he? Uh, he did die because there's the Dr. Marvin Monroe Memorial Hospital. <laughs> and then in the kind of fake behind the scenes Simpsons one where they're talking about the making of the Simpsons, but not the reality TV show behind the scenes one, there is the question where it's like two uh, popular Simpsons characters died in the past year. Who were they? And it was Dr. Marvin Monroe and Bleeding Gums Murphy. And then Troy McClure reveals that the answer is, oh, it was a trick question because neither of those characters are popular. Just like Poo Poo. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm fine using Dr. Marvin Monroe and getting to the point where we regret using Marvin Monroe. Okay, I can't wait till we get there. Uh, we then have Chaka and Pell. Uh, Chaka and Pell, we don't have a lot of information about beyond they work for the Royal Guard. And we haven't seen much about them yet. Uh, Rodrigo, who did you have for Chaka first, I guess? Okay, so in my in the arena list, um, uh, for Chaka, I build Johansson, which is like this guy that's, um, how do you say it when, 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 when you're, you're like in the mob? But then you talk to the cops and give them information. Oh, he's a squealer. Yeah. And and for Pale, I also had Brenda, the the robot uh, cop. Because it seems like one works with the cops, the other one's a cop. I, I mean, that's that's basic math, right? And these two seem to be pals, and we didn't see. I didn't see much of them, like right here right now but if i had to choose now from the whole set of characters i would probably go for the twins i don't remember that like you know like the purple girl the purple Sherry, girl. Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. uh so for chaka i had three suggestions but i'm also coming in from a place of knowing more about them uh and mine mostly fit for sets except for the third one for chaka 
So uh, my chalk and pills were McBain and Dexter Scully, Eddie and Lou from the Simpsons Bible stories, because that way they have the kind of Egyptian theming that Alabasta has. Or my solo one for Chaka was McGriff the Crime Dog. Janine, who do you have? I was not able to end the day with anything on these two. Mm -hmm. However, I will ask, how dare you try to use McGriff? (laughs) Put that one back in the uter pile. He's too important (laughs) for Chaka. (laughs) But I know about Chaka's abilities, Janine. Oh, that scares me. Oh, that scares me. Oh, my God. Okay. All That's right. right. He gets a trench coat. <laughs> um, um, I, I feel most good about Eddie and Lou from Simpsons Bible Stories because they're their guards. They work for the Pharaoh. And it fits thematically. I think though these other characters this uh brenda and johansson yeah i think there's something in those characters (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we on we have been doing a disservice by not attempting this challenge before because here we found two characters that can be able to seem to fit the bill from these episodes, just these small amount of episodes have some kind of analog because that's how many characters are in the Simpsons. That even the minor characters like in specific sets of episodes can be able to find some kind of similarity to something else. And I want to honor that by putting those characters those choices <laughs> on these characters. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're going to go to the fun. Luke tries to maintain some level of order in the game. Uh, Janine? Yes. I am willing to move Johansson down to Pell if we can get McGriff the crime dog for Chuck. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Ooh, you run a hard bargain, Satan. (laughs) All right, I'll I'll take your thirty pieces of silver. All right. And Rodrigo, I assume that is fine with you. I mean, sure. Like I, I was really sold on 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 Lou and uh, but but and Eddie, but but like in in the this is the from from when when they're making the pyramids, right? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fine with that. But if you want to put your hands in, I mean, he's your hands in. You get a point on the board. Major Simpsons character. Major yes. Simpsons character. Really, I just don't <laughs> want to burn any of our robots because you never know when One Piece is going to have robots showing up. 
Yeah, oh it's my a, god. It's good to save Brenda because, you know, she has so many episodes on The Simpsons that... You, you never know when you'll <laughs> need a cop robot. She might as well get her own TV show now, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it is hard being a single woman who is also a robot and is also a cop, a cab. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we then have Mr. Two Bon Clay... And I feel like the camp nature kind of just demands that it is John as played by John Waters. Janine? I have Franklin, who is no longer the girliest cadets <laughs> at the military training school that Lisa just joined. Mm-hmm. And just Franklin? Just Franklin, really. I mean, like, I was just... The character of Franklin was such a vibe because it was just, like... The meanest thing being pointed out by an adult. Franklin, you're no longer the girliest cadet. And then Franklin fucking... Like, full-chested just saying, we'll just see about that. <laughs> like Franklin saying like it don't it like biology don't matter none of that matters I'm gonna be more woman than this girl like god damn like it was it was done in like a mean spirit but like looking back now it kind of is camp okay I hear you Rodrigo, I am interested to see who your two picks are. Okay, so my original pick, I'm gonna say it next because I think it's it's already perfect, and I mm -hmm. and I refuse to to give up on it. So I do agree that uh, John Waters should be like Mr. Tubon Clay because mm -hmm. it seems like a perfect choice, right? Mm -hmm. But on the list from the new characters from these episodes, we have Richard Gere. And I think the idea of having Richard Gere being Mr. Tubon Clay is just perfect. Because that's what I want to see Richard Gere do. <laughs> it, would, it would be fun to, to, to make our new artist draw that. Yeah. Originally, I had uh, Nibble, uh, Mr. Nibble's wife. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like Richard Gere, he's like, an important actor. He's been around. He would take the role of Mr. Tupon Clay. Oh, definitely. Netflix adaptation. They do the Netflix. Alabasta arc. They need a Mr. Tupon Clay. <laughs> I have Richard Gere on the phone. <laughs> Give me thumbs up, thumbs down. What are you saying? I'm gonna give you a thumbs up. Like I want right. Richard Gear being Mr. Tubon Clay. Oh my god. Luke, <laughs> it's very convincing, Luke. I don't know what to do. <laughs> John Waters, though, would jump on the roll. I mean, John Waters is the master of camp and cinema, and queer cinema. 
like depriving John Waters of the role of Mr. Tupon Clay. Janine, you know what he does instead of slapping you across the face? Zap. <laughs> Zap. <laughs> okay, but Richard Gear. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Richard Gere had to have been like in his 50s or 60s when he did the Simpsons cameo. Mr. Two Bond Clay is younger than that. Yeah, but he can switch faces, right? And Richard Gere is an actor. <laughs> John Waters is also an actor and a director. Double threat, Mr. Two. Okay, so a, a new point then. You know, like... English is my second language. Yes. So probably my pronunciation of Richard Gere is not the best. But you know, you mm -hmm. could also write Richard Girl with an L at the end and it would kind of fit. <laughs> right? And you know how they call people that are named Richard? What? Like, you know. How do you call like Richards? You, you you call them Dick, right? Sure. Yes. So what's more queer than that? I mean, Mr. Tubon Clay has the two swans on his back. <laughs> John Waters directed the film Pink Flamingos. Um, look, look, dude. As far as I know, pink is not the same as white. <laughs> Okay, I'm willing to concede because this is your show, but every listener knows that Richard Gere is the actual Mr. And when they make the reboot of this show, you know, I'll, I'll get I'll get mine. I'll get mine then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Mr. Two is another one that I just have strong feelings <laughs> since the start of the show, along with Hank Scorpio. Yeah, okay, okay. I I appreciate how good of a bit Richard Gere is, but I, I, I feel like we would be doing a disservice to John Waters if we did not have John. I'm sure somewhere in there we got the title of the episode. We have, like seven good titles for the episode so far. Uh, all right. Uh, up next. Oh, uh, do you all know who Mr. Two Bon Clay is based off of in real life? No. Are you familiar with a classic movie starring Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey called Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Uh, oh. Mr. Two on Clay is based on Jim Carrey's character. Yeah. No, I say it. Mm -hmm. Sanji is based off of uh, Steve Buscemi and Reservoir Dogs. Just for uh, Rodrigo. Uh, 
But yes, up next we have Kamanegi, the uh, Dance Powder Man. And uh, Rodrigo, who do you have for Kamanegi? Okay, from the original list, mm -hmm. Garth Moneylover. He's the bad guy on the sugar episode. Oh, yeah. It wasn't money lover, mother lover. Mother loving. Yeah, yeah, that guy. And and you know, he, he wants the money. And this guy, he wanted the money too. Mm -hmm. You know, that makes sense, right? Yeah. But if but if we're opening up to, to the whole to the rest of the series, maybe you had this guy already. But you know Chester uh, J. Lampwick? Yeah. Original creator of um, Itchy and Scratchy? Yeah, mm -hmm. this guy. Yeah, I don't think we've used uh, Chester yet. He looks very grumpy. Oh, uh, we have used him. Oh, boo. <laughs> yeah, we used him for a character who literally just appears in a background and won't become important for several hundred more episodes. One Piece. Okay. Can we have Richard Gere become this guy then? Uh, I'm willing to uh, let you toss Richard Gere down as well. Uh, the suggestion that I had was uh, on the episode Marge on the Lamb, I believe it is, where like Marge and Ruth Powers go driving. There's a scene where uh, Marge and Ruth are like shooting the gun at cans, and then the old guy comes out and is like, my antique cans! Uh, can owner was my suggestion. My dance powder bags! Um, yeah, I can see that. Janine, who do you have? I have Mo. Basically, any version of him would work. This guy has very large Mo energy. <laughs> he's doing something illegal. He's threatening somebody with a knife. He's cowering. And he's immediately becoming irrelevant like 20 <laughs> seconds later after you're done looking at him. That is so mean to Mo. Uh, are you sure you do not mean Moe? I'm... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh... I'm. I would be more than willing to use Richard Gear here to follow our theme of mostly just putting celebrities into very random parts. Sure, let's go ahead and throw Richard Gear in the middle of a desert. Oh yeah! <laughs> Richard Gear gets what he deserves. Now this uh, is an episode. Role of a lifetime, baby. <laughs> uh, we then have Matsuge, aka Eyelash the horny camel and i have three suggestions for eyelash so there is joe camel famous spokes uh camel aka smokes camel humphrey the talking camel who was the main attraction at the zoo after hitler's car was destroyed or homer's fantasy camel from when he and ned are trying to save the kids and then Instead, Homer has a weird uh, harem dream because he's getting high on car fumes. Janine, who do you have? Curveball, menthol moose. Ah, 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 ah. 
Okay, well, I am assuming that's the only one that you had for... I also uh, put down Disco Stew. This oh. camel has a very Disco Stew vibe. You're not wrong. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I think in a few episodes, we'll finally get access to the island of Dr. Hibbert where you get all the animal versions of characters because that's going to open up some beautiful nightmares. Uh, Rodrigo, please, please delight me with. <laughs> okay. So, you know, hear me out. Paul But, you know, not as Paul Racer, like Paul Racer as a camel. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Camel body, camel face, but with a polarizer face. Yeah. Apple bottom boots or apple bottom jeans, camel face, ball or camel body, polarizer face. Yeah. You got them long legs looking at her. They hit the flow. There are four more. Actually, that doesn't make sense because that'd make it seem like he has five. Anyways, yeah. Uh, Paul Reiser. Yeah. Paul Reiser. Paul uh, Reiser. Paul Reiser. Oh. And do you, do you also have a second one? No, not really. Like, I think okay. Paul Reiser is perfect. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, look at, look at the face of the guy. I'm, it's like a grumpy ball racer. Like it, it works perfectly. Okay, I'm I'm gonna look it up right now. <laughs> I have to. I I do get some like um, disco two vibes from the guy, but I... but I only see him like a couple of times of eyelash. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm good with Paul Reiser. Yes. As weird as it sounds. Yes. Janine, are you good with Paul Reiser? Oh my god, I'm looking at him now. This show is going off the rails. You know what? The hair did, didn't help. <laughs> Those jowls are very camely. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yes. Um Rodrigo. <laughs> I don't know how you've done it, but you found a way to really win at this game. Yeah, I think oh, you have wow. now, I think you have got the most successful suggestions at this point. <laughs> so Wow. Uh up next we have Colza, who we haven't gotten a lot from yet. But I, I feel like He's got glasses. He's got a scar. He has a cool energy to him. Rodrigo, I gotta know who 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 do you have for Koza? Ralph Nader. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was running out of characters. <laughs> I don't know this guy. He just showed up like a, for a minute there. 
<laughs> I, we didn't see him later at, at all. And I'm like, you know, you know what's really unknown to me? Who Ralph Nader is? Politicians and activists from the United States, like from 10 years ago or 20, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know who Ralph Nader is, but he seems like a Ralph Nader. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have zero, zero context on who Ralph Nader is, but, you know, like, I had to pick one. So uh, Ralph Nader basically led a push for uh, basically improving cars that the United States were publishing or that the United States was producing because they were really dangerous for quite a while. And he also set up a lot of like public uh, watchdog groups and advocacy groups. And he also ran a unsuccessful uh, campaign in the year 2000 where he was commonly derided as a person who stole a a lot of votes from al gore oh which uh solely because he was the more uh socialist politician in a lot of ways oh so he's a good guy which ironically works because al gore is our cobra nefertari Oh my god. Uh do you have a did 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 I did I win again? Did I win the do game? Do you have a second unbound suggestion for Koza beyond Ralph Nader? Not really. Like I, I saw this guy for like five <laughs> seconds and I'm like yeah, that's that he's he's a Ralph. Um there's probably like an actor type because he he kind of looks like you know that classic Hollywood type of actor but to be fair I don't really know. Uh Janine, who do you have? I was actually thinking a uh, classic Hollywood actor and did uh Troy McClure. Oh. That's perfect. All right, I have Three suggestions, and I'll go from weakest to best. I have the hippie bus driver, who's the guy who always shows up when Mona Simpson needs a ride to get away from the police at the end of her episodes. Uh, Adil Hoxha, who is the Albanian foreign exchange student slash spy who replaces Bart when Bart goes to France. And Jesse Grass, the environmental eco-terrorist, who is also a level five vegan, if I remember, which means he won't eat anything that casts a shadow, which I think qualifies for the hunk, rebel, and he also ends up in jail for disobeying the government. Those are really good. Like, Adil also like is, is, has this, this uh, line about the woes of capitalism. Mm-hmm. And you say that the guy was like, you know, socialist, Ralph Nader, and it matches with Cosa. But yeah, like the vegan, yeah, he's very cute. So <laughs> I'm, I'm willing I, to give it to this guy. Like, I don't know, but you know, he's cute. I feel like, I feel like Troy McClure is like too old. And same with Ralph Nader. I am not unconvinced about Ralph Nader so that we could be able to reunite him with Al Gore. 
I kind of don't want to separate them now. There will be other opportunities for Ralph Nader. We will keep Ralph Nader in our hearts, Jenny. <laughs> and in the Uter pile. Yes. Uh, so are we good with Jesse Grass? God, that's a question. Yeah, if we're going to Uter pile Ralph Nader, which... I never expected that I would be so bummed about not having to use. Um, yeah, Jesse, Jesse Grass. All right. So who is Goza, by the way? Like, I have no no, no oh. knowledge of this guy. Goza uh, is the Koza is the leader of the rebels, the rebel army. Oh, uh, he is the person Vivi is going to try and find. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that works with with you know blonde guy, super vegan. All right. Uh well it is time to go and figure out Ace and our friends on Twitter have some suggestions for us. Uh so uh, we are going to run through these first, uh, because I appreciate everybody who goes and sends us messages. Uh, thank you, everybody, who has sent in suggestions. Uh, so, uh, up first, uh, Sandro for Ace, uh, Luffy's brother, uh, he sent in Lenny, just classic Lenny. Uh, Olin sent in uh, Groundskeeper Willie from Treehouse of Horror 6. That's the one where he is a uh, Freddy Krueger-style nightmare monster. Uh, artist for the new covers Mike P. suggested Moe. And Marcelo suggested Tom, Bart's brother from Brother from Another Planet. Janine, I, I have... Bad news for you. What's that? It's my suggestion. Because uh, you know who looks like an older version of Bart? Who? And has bad boy energy and freckles? Who? He was Doogie Hauser. Oh my god. We're never free of TV's Doogie Hauser, Janine. Peavy's Doogie Houser will always haunt us. That's my suggestion for Ace. Janine, who do you have? I have the two people that uh, Bart looks up to, as Bart is kind of our Luffy in this. Mm -hmm. um, and that is Otto, the bus driver. Mm-hmm. And Krusty the Clown. Uh, Janine, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, we already used Otto. Have we? Uh, yes. Uh, you and Jeff demanded that he take the role of Mashikaku back in episode nine. Uh, he is a mostly nameless supporter of Smoker and Tashigi. Oh, yeah. 
we were geniuses. <laughs> yeah. Looks like I'm gonna really push hard for Krusty then, huh? I mean, we do have uh, who I think would be a good Krusty mentioned in this episode, but not appearing. Uh, Rodrigo, please take us to the <laughs> wonderful land of your suggestions. Okay. So, original list, I was like, you know, this guy shows up, he helps everyone, he seems to have some fiery power, which is helpful in the world of pirates. Mm -hmm. And I have, like, this list, and, you know, so, so I pick Gabriel. There, the social worker who is trying to get his wings, by which he means the Wings Greatest Hits album. Yes. Uh, because he arrives, and he helps, and he has some kind of crazy power, which is the power of therapy, which is one of the greatest powers in the world. Unfortunately, there is no therapy therapy fruit so far. So far, <laughs> right? It's still going on. But but then yeah, you said that we can pick from everyone. So uh, so so I figure I see this guy. Mm -hmm. You know he he has this um, very long shorts. He has this um, you know like like um, necklace and and the thing hanging out, and he's very topless and he's very muscular, and he has like this kind of kind of like um, you know like. I'm a bad guy, but I'm a good guy face, you know? Mm -hmm. And he has, like, this crazy hat. So I was like, you know what this guy probably listens to? Do you remember that band? Um, what was it? Uh, crazy Town? Ha. Huh. Right? Yeah. This guy definitely likes Crazy Town. He's probably an extra on, on the Butterfly video. <laughs> So I'm looking like who's probably like similar to that, I'm, you know, Kid Rock. <laughs> Kid Rock, but you know, from The Simpsons, but Kid Rock. Uh, I mean, Kid Rock was on The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh my God, could we use Kid Rock? <laughs> Kid Rock is like actually a bad person. He would unironically get the swastika on his back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was like... caught up in the aesthetics of 2001. I forgot. <laughs> but is there any other Simpsons character with the same, like, you know, like, you know, aesthetic? Uh, maybe one of the uh, ones from the. Uh, Simpsons episode where they go and spend the summer and Lisa tries to pretend to be a cool kid. No, but th those guys were more grungy. There. Uh, like, you wouldn't put, like, Billy Corgan as Ace. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you the guy from the record like, shop. Yeah, Maybe. You know that guy from the record shop when, when they do the like the, the not Lollapalooza? Mm-hmm. Hollapalooza. Yeah. I don't remember the name. I don't think he had one, but you know. 
I believe the Simpsons wiki is being, or uh, Google's being unhelpful. Ah, that is the Suicide Notes Clerk. That's a long name. I mean, it's not an actual name, but it's... Uh, what do you no. mean it's not a name? Sue? No, Suicide Notes. Yeah. Uh, like, the store is called Suicide Notes. Like, okay. I'm, I'm willing to concede. I believe that Kid Rock probably could play the part, but he's he's the fucking worst. So yeah, yeah I'm like, willing to be like, you can pick Gabriel. Okay. <laughs> uh, I I think that Tom being like the Air Force pilot who also brings in like neuro destabilizers and who will get into fights with Homer at an aquarium if he thinks that uh, he's being mean to Bart. I think that that fits Ace or TV's Doogie Hauser. I'm not gonna use TV's Doogie Hauser on Ace. <laughs> Is TV's Doogie Hauser in your booter pile? I mean, I, it's gotta have to be. I mean, like Ace looks like somebody who's, you know, fucked. TV's Doogie Hauser. Is a closeted homosexual. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, okay. Uh, how do you feel about Tom? Um, from MySpace. From. Uh, brother from another planet where he becomes Bart's big brother. Oh, yeah. Voiced by Phil Hartman. Really? Yeah. Oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I do love a Phil Hartman character. Yeah. He's also caring and a responsible adult. Hmm. And we don't see him. That's actually a step. Anymore. That's a step back, though. The responsible adult, because Ace is not responsible. Ace offers to help Sanji in the kitchen and is told not to because he is a guest. Hmm. He also fell asleep in noodles. Narcolepsy doesn't mean you're unresponsible. Hmm. Why not Bucci? <laughs> oh, I could tell you why not Bucci. Bucci is chopper. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you know that, 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 that other Simpsons family member from that show? Oh, Roy. Yeah. You know, human Pucci. Yeah, we could use Roy. Roy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to have to remind me about Roy. Uh, Roy is literally the human version of Pucci who pretty much just shows up to make a joke about uh, 
him being the Poochie for the Simpsons. He leaves at the end of the episode to move in with two sexy ladies. Oh my god. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I feel like we're going with Roy then. Yes. Another point for me. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got that, Rodrigo. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have three more. None of them really matter. So let's hopefully knock these out quickly. First, we have Yoskimoto, who is the restaurant owner. Uh, I had Kabuli Man 1 from two guys from Kabul. Janine, who do you have? Luigi Risotto. And Rodrigo. Um, so originally I had to pick between, and I was running out of characters, as I said. Oh, before. yeah. Um, and this guy is just, you know, just a cook. He's a chef. I was like, okay, so who can he be? And I was like, I didn't have that many choices. I, I picked Clip Club. who's <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, Milhouse and, and Ralph in disguise. As a horse for Lisa. Yeah. But you know, he's a chef. There's there's chefs on The Simpsons. There's uh, I, I, I recently I was recently rewatching the series mm-hmm. uh, with with Connie, and um, we were watching the 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 episode where Homer eats fugu, and there's a yes. sushi chef there. We have, I believe, we've actually used the sushi oh, chef. Uh, Oh no. Uh we have used the Master Sushi Chef. Uh and I wanna say that we used uh the assistant. But I feel like that might be one where he's come up a few times. And yeah, I, I remember Toshido, right? Uh yes, I was trying to remember Toshiro's name. Uh we have also used Toshiro. Uh bummer. Yeah, there's not as many chefs as you'd kind of think. And you don't, you don't want to waste the, the Italian chef, right? Yeah, that's uh, Luigi Rosetto. Oh, yeah. Then I'm good with that one. Uh, well, we've used Toshiro already. And I, I, I mean, Luigi is too big of a character to throw away oh no don't you don't give me that luigi has a name he recurs multiple times (laughs) this guy has a name too he he comes by for the same joke and it's not a very good one that he's italian yes do you think that being italian is a joke janine oh no Listen, just this Wednesday, just yesterday, on television, there was a wrestler whose name is Luigi Primo. (laughs) His gimmick is that he make the pizza. Uh And he was there on television doing that same thing because it was a joke. Also, he's an anti-vaxxer, apparently. Mamma mia. I, um, I don't if, know. If, 
if I tell you that we are going to get a stereotypical Italian man in One Piece, you would not be surprised. I would be tired. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I think we will have a better use for Luigi, especially considering this is a, like, sort of Middle Eastern style of restaurant. I, I'm, I'm sticking with my suggestion for Kabuli Man 1. Oh, I, I don't know who that is. Uh, when Laura Powers babysits Bart, uh, she orders from the restaurant Two Guys from Kabul, which is a restaurant that is not very popular because they were ordering an ethnic food in the early 90s, and the joke is that the two guys who run the restaurant just yell at each other all the time until they get a customer in. Oh, okay. So I have a suggestion. Uh Uh-huh. This is not something that I really remember. Mm Mm-hmm. But there is a chef in The Simpsons mm-hmm. that works at Rancho Relaxo. <laughs> Luke, I know, I know Luke know? is looking out for it right now. Because he's, he's a Relaxo. I am part of the Rancho Relaxo forum. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that... It, do you want to know what his name is, Rodrigo? Yeah. Like, no, I know what name. What was his name? And what is what is his name? So his name is Rodrigo. So I think I should leave my mark on this show in a way that actually matters. So I want this guy to be the chef. Uh, I'm good with that. Oh my god. You have no idea how many times Luke have asked me if I'm relaxo. <laughs> um Yes, Rodrigo it is. I I appreciate you, Rodrigo, finding a chef that we have not used. Yes. All right. Will we, we then have it again? Like like the... what? Does the chef make another appearance or do we forget him forever? <laughs> oh, uh, he never appears again. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. We then have Mr. Mello and Geronimo. I have mine paired up. So uh, one of them that I have is David Spade and Chris Farley. Just going back to that well, uh, I also have Chuck Tamzarian and Al Sneed. They are the farmers who are outside of Sneed's Weed and Feed. <laughs> and the job. rival farmers in the Tamako episode. Janine, who do you have? I have Disco Stew and Senor Spearbelgo. And Rodrigo. So for Mr. Mello, originally I had diabetic. Uh-huh. Because, you know, diabetic, fat, I didn't want to typecast. Because, you know, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And for Geronimo, I had Mr. Nibble's wife. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I was like, who the fuck are these randos? I don't know any of these guys. And, and this... They didn't do much. So I mean, 
Mr. Mellow's shirt in the past when he was moving the uh, dance powder said half melon. And then when he was back in the present, it said full melon. Huh. I, I like the hat. Mm -hmm. But um, I think we can do better. Uh, do you have alternate suggestions for the two of them? So, I have, I have, no, not really. Okay. Uh, I mean, David Spade and Chris Farley, we can just put that in there, call it a day, and go and get drinks. Uh, yeah, it kind of works. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say yes only because... I love it when we use when when we use like celebrities <laughs> for bit roles. It's just like when South Park was good before they actually became a political force. Yes, we'll have George Clooney voice the dog. All right, so that means we have gotten to the end of the list. Whoa! Uh, going over. Uh, we have Hank Scorpio is Crocodile, Dr. Marvin Monroe is Poo Poo, the Griff the Crime Dog is Chaka, Johansson is Pell, John <laughs> is Mr. Tupon Clay, Richard Gere is Kamnigi, Paul Reiser is Matsuge, <laughs> Jesse Grass is Koza, Roy is Ace, Rodrigo, the Simpsons chef, Not me. is Josie Kimoto. Uh, David Spade is Mr. Mello, and Chris Farley is Geronimo. Uh, yeah, that this was an action-packed episode full of discussions. Uh, Rodrigo, where can people find you online if they want to check out your work? Oh, um, I'm on Instagram at this is going to be hard, but it's Eterna Dinociencia. I probably should change that. Um, if... And uh, on Twitter, I'm at Rodrigo Makes Art. Also, my website, RodrigoMakesComics.com. And you can read my webcomic, uh, WalkingToDo.com, with, with Connie, my, my partner. And Janine, where do people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Janine Juliet and in various Luke Hare podcast productions. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. I also have a Patreon where you can chip in some money to help pay for things like the cover art that we have done by Mike P, who I've really enjoyed his first cover so far. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does for this next cover. You can find Mike P at Patent pending, P A T T E N pending dot org. Domance uh, Dawn updates every other week. Uh, typically, we'll be back in two more weeks with our next episode. And uh, yeah, check out our website, which is a Tumblr at domancedawn.com, or follow us on Twitter, which is at domance. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review. Also, let us know that you have left a review. That way we know what to look for, because like iTunes has all the regional matching and stuff. Next episode, Luffy does some mescaline. 
the desert is full of fillers, and we hit our 100th episode of One Piece. And See you then. <laughs> no, that will leave you at 16th. See you then. Safe sailing. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.